I feel like you and I occupy like a similar uh, space. It's a little, I'm not talking vertical here. I'm talking about the thing we're trying to attach ourselves to, to build successful careers. And I'm curious about this like huge conflict that a lot of people who are doing what we're doing face, which is we're out on our own. We're both doing our own thing. Mm -hmm. And like we're hooking our wagons to topics, right? Native advertising and all the synonyms therein. For me, it's <laughs> it's podcasting, but kind of not what I, I don't want to be the podcast guy. Right. I want to be known for kind of creating shows, original programming or whatever. Um, how much do you think about like the terminology that people associate you with? And then how does that conflict with your desire to have like this long career where that topic might go away or you might yeah. want to do other things, but people know you for one thing. Like talk about yeah. your association with that word. Absolutely. And the core of it is exactly what you said, the synonyms therein, right? Which yeah. is right now we're talking about native advertising, but at one point it was branded content, custom publishing, advertorials, right? Like every, every other month it's got a new term that's in vogue. And so when I talk about native advertising, I try to stress that native is an adjective, right? And it, it means something that fits into the context, whether it's a story or an ad or a product. It's about finding the natural alignment between something and the environment in which it's presented or uh, consumed. And so I see, I, I see room for growth there. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm doing some e-commerce work where I'm helping publishers come up with products, physical products, you know, that they can either through affiliates or partnerships produce. And, and what makes sense? What's a natural fit for a product for your audience, given your area of authority? So I can see kind of the, the branches, the opportunities to branch off, but it's definitely something that I think about all the time. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to be just the native ad girl either forever. Um, so it's definitely, it's something that's on my mind a lot. Right. And yeah. it's like, you know, because we're not, no, we're not like you're Jay from Google. Those days are behind yeah. me. I'm no longer at <laughs> Google. Like you're, you're not, you know, yeah. uh, you're not Melanie from Time Inc. Yeah. And so you can get associated with this thing that's working right now that you're mm -hmm. super passionate about. And then what's working or an audience you build around that topic might either go away because the industry changes or your audience expects more of the same from you, but you have aspirations to do more or right. different or even just slightly tangential things. Yeah. And it can be hard because it's like, well, this is working or this is what audiences expect of me. And I, I kind of want to go over there. Yeah. And, and that's I, a tough transition to make. And I deal with the same thing with regards to, you know, I was Melanie from the New York Times right. for a long time. And that Netflix women inmates piece that we did, uh, you know, T-Brand Studio and Netflix was my calling card. But it was also 2014. And so it's still a weird thing for me to be here at Content Marketing World in 2017. Yeah. And every question at the end of my session about mobile native advertising was about that piece. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little bit like my free bird, you know, and I have to make sure I'm not a one hit wonder in that way. And that's much harder to do when you're out on your own. And I'm wondering right. if you are dealing with that too, where, you know, without the Jay from Google or, or whatever you, you have, you know, how do you kind of make your, your landmark thing, your calling card thing? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like right now, so 2017 into 2018, the bulk of my business is speaking. Uh, I host my own show on Thinkable and that's so much fun for me. Uh, and I'm sort of using the speaking to give me the freedom to make a show that I, you know, artistically love. And it just takes a lot of time to create something like that. And um, so they're complementary, but they're not both in sync, I'd say. Right. I'm pulling a lot of stories out of my show for my speaking. I'm right. pulling a lot of lessons, but I'm not actually like integrating the two. In other words, it's not like both driving revenue or whatever. So um, the goal of your speaking isn't to drive checking. downloads. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm not trying to just ratchet up the downloads so I can get a sponsor or whatever. So like I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for my audience. I'm not really doing it for a third party, which is great. It's creatively liberating. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love the internet because right. you can invent and test and, and you know, you're, I'm unshackled from corporate norms right now. Um, 
And it, but it's tricky because like, you know, people would come up to you, friends or colleagues. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, so it's like the office space quote. It's like, what is it that you do here exactly? Right. And it's like the elevator pitch for what you do. And therefore the value you bring to someone else can be really tricky. Yeah. Right. And so for me as a speaker, like an actual professional speaker, I love the craft. I love the business. I love all things about it. Um, but then there are people who speak for free. Right. Or people who don't understand that it is it's a career path it's business. Yeah. yeah. So so what's your like elevator pitch? Give me give me <laughs> no, you know what? Give me this. The cocktail party with your friends. Mm. What do you say that you do? You know, this is going to be it's going to sound like a cop out. Yeah. But 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 bear with me here. I always ask someone else what they do first. And then I try to relate native advertising to what they do to help them understand. Because I think even for a lot of content marketers, the concept of native advertising, where a brand is partnering with a publisher and they're creating content that lives on the publisher's site, but ultimately (laughs) drives brand goals, is kind of, I mean, it's a squishy space. And it's such a small sliver of what we're doing here. Um, So I always will ask, you know, well, what is it that you do? And they say, oh, well, you know, I'm a contractor. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, if your company wanted to reach, you know, these kinds of folks, you might partner with a publisher like so-and-so. And we'd create content. And I come up with some examples like on the spot. And I'm like, so basically my job is to help me matchmaking like that work well. And, you know, I work with brands, I work with publishers, and I try to create better storytelling because it helps publishers make revenue, it helps brands reach consumers, and it helps readers find better content instead of ads. Let's mix it up. So my wife (laughs) is a psychologist, my best friend is a teacher. Most of my circle uh, is actually not in business. And so when someone asks me, what do you do? I kind of have to really like, it's either hand wavy, they don't get it, or I just kind of have to cut out like a lot of pride that I feel, a lot of ego, (laughs) and just say like this because they understand it, or they'll just stop talking. It's like, I used to work for this guy who who said, oh, I'm in software, like full stop, right? Because he didn't want to say like, I work for this tech company and marketing and they do all these things. And so people's eyes glaze over. Yeah. So what I've started to say is, I'm a writer and a speaker. Yeah. You know, mine would be, I'm a consultant. Okay, cool. And, And then the next question is like, well, what do you... Uh, write and speak about. Right. And now I could talk to you about my methodology, intuition. I could talk about all these other things. I just say creativity in business. Right. And if they want to keep engaging, that's great. Keep going. Um, so you're a consultant. So we're at the cocktail party. I'm a teacher. I'm outside the space that you operated. I don't, I'm not in yeah. a business where you can articulate, oh, well, your business could do native advertising. What do you do? You're a consultant. What do you do as a consultant? I consult with publishers and help them figure out how they can monetize their skills as storytellers to help make more money. Interesting. So like uh, writing books, I'm a writer, I'm going to write more books. Like you see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like there's so many tough. things we take for granted mm-hmm. here that people just understand, right. which is why we like events like this. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, you get Our my people. world. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as a, as a solo entrepreneur, solo creator, mm-hmm. podcaster, writer, there's just way more of us in this industry now yeah. where we found success elsewhere, learned a lot, and then we wanted to do it on our own, whether you call that a freelancer, a solo creator, you know, like a social media influencer or whatever term you want to use. It's like now there's no term right, right. now. We're all and 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 yeah. Or like like Chase Jarvis, the founder of Creative Live. He says we're all hyphens. I love mm-hmm. that term. Yes. We're all hyphens. Exactly. And then you have other people where that doesn't exist in their world. Right. It's this for 10 years. It's that for two. It's that, you know, they have a paint by numbers career. We have a blank canvas. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing that that's probably why we both ended up out on our own. I think so. Right. The opportunity to be a hyphen yeah. is exciting if right. you have varied interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Or if you're like us and you are really interested in other people's stories, it yeah. gives you a chance 
I always say that's what I loved about journalism is I got to become an expert in something else every day. Yeah. You know, like every story was a chance to learn about something. Um, and so while I'm still doing storytelling, you know, for brands, it's in a, in a different sphere. Yeah. I'm still getting to tap into that hunger to like hear a story and tell it. And I'm curious if um, I know that you are from journalism as well. Yeah. What was your your kind of path? How do you still draw on that? Because for me, it's in my core, and I'm assuming it's it's still in yours too. I honestly, it's so simple for me. I'm glad you said that. It's so so simple for me. Like the the ethos or whatever you want to call it, the North Star. It's yeah. uh, I want to make them feel something, right? Laugh, think, cry, whatever. I want to make people feel emotions with the stuff I create. I've been addicted to that since I was a kid, and first learned that like I could make people laugh. Or I wrote something in high school that made people think or whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I love this idea that I'm building something I'm proud of and others also love it. And it kind of reflects like the similar emotion yeah. we're both feeling interacting with this piece or this show or whatever. So the way I like to phrase my entry into content marketing or marketing and business, because I wanted to be a sports journalist, <laughs> is uh, they told me I could create and I showed up for work. So it's like if someday this whole thing of creating content, media, story, whatever, for business goes away, I'm looking elsewhere for work. Right. Like I got into this for the content side of content marketing. Mm -hmm. I got into to, to hold people's attention, not just jump out and acquire it. Right. Like, you know, it's, you know, I have this sign in my office that says the right thing. Uh, it says do the right thing even when nobody's watching. And I think it's so easy as a marketer to start, oh, it's a tip and a trick and mm -hmm. a guru's hack and whatever. It's a cheat yeah. to get to the shortcut. It's like the right thing is always the right thing. Yeah. The content word in content marketing matters. So does the marketing word. Mm -hmm. And we obsess over the marketing word. And I feel like what's getting left out is the content word. And now as the wave crashes and the hype goes away, people that are left, I think, really care about both. They're yeah. doing it the right way. You know, the right thing well, is the right thing. And it's funny. I actually referenced your keynote in my presentation. Oh, I was talking about, you know, you made that point about it's not about finding the answer. It's no. about the ability to find answers. Right. And I talked about that too. Someone asked, well, what about this platform and this platform? And I said, it doesn't matter what platform you're talking about. If you understand the core of figuring out what do people want in yeah. this environment, what do they expect from an experience perspective, and what are your physical capabilities in that in that environment, you're going to be able to adapt to whatever comes next. Yeah. But you have to have those skills at the core. I, I got to give you an example of that. It, <laughs> it hits me all the time, and it makes me want to like flip tables which is now that I'm doing podcasting yeah. and I'm speaking and I'm starting to, you know, I, like my name is associated with my word really closely in a way mm -hmm. it wasn't before. It's like people think I know stuff, right? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if I do. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm flattered, right? And people would ask, I want a podcast. What's the right microphone to use? What's the right thing? And it's like, but you should be able to figure that out on your own. I don't want to give you the answer. You should know how to find answers, yeah. how to vet technologies. And I always respond with the same thing, which mm -hmm. is like, are you any good on a microphone? Right? Right. And people, oh, oh, I haven't thought about that. And it's like, but that's what this is. That's yeah. what this is. And, yeah. and it's this failure to understand like this first principle of the matter. The first principle of the podcast is that you have to be good on a microphone. You have to be a good interviewer or storyteller. The first principle of solving problems is you have to know how to solve problems, how to ask <laughs> the right questions and investigate and not just get an answer from someone else. Yeah. Because what happens when that answer doesn't work or stops working? You got to go back to the well. You get, And it's just this game of, so-and-so said we should do this. It sounds sexy or easy. It's the press the easy button mentality. Yeah. And, and I think that leads to just commodity work. Yeah. I mean, and there's a couple of things like packed in there. The first thing I think is, I think a lot of it is our journalism roots that leads us to be that resourceful. You always, I mean, you have to figure it out. You know, you don't get to say, sorry, I couldn't find someone to talk about that. Right. Like, you find a source, yeah. you know. Um, but another thing is, it's so funny to me. 
consumers and even marketers especially have this blind spot when it comes to content. We all think just because we have the technology, we have the skills and the insight. You know, you would never walk up to a chef with no cooking experience and say, what's the best knife that I need for my kitchen? It's going to make me a great chef. But there is that assumption that if I get the right microphone, my podcast will be great. You know, if I have the right video equipment, then my vlog's going to go viral. Yeah. It's like this assumption that it's the technology and people might forget about the skill and like right. the nurturing of those skills that get you to that point. Yeah. It's like incremental versus fundamental for me, right? The fundamentals of a podcast is articulation and storytelling and all these things that I love to do that helps me use cheap equipment, no real professional studio and all that stuff mm -hmm. and create a show that I hope some people would misconstrue as all these expensive things, mm -hmm. right? But I'm just so focused on, I didn't say that right. I didn't ask the right question. I didn't transition from the A block of my show to the B block of my show. I know what the blocks of my show are, like all those yeah. things. And so I'm curious in your world, like native advertising, um, you can, I think, see a dotted line to like a banner ad buying mentality. I want this to mm -hmm. be pro programmatic and it's technology based. Mm -hmm. What are like the fundamentals of your world where you're yeah. like, hold on a sec, that's incremental. Learn this first and you'll be good at it. What yeah. are those fundamentals? So the one thing that I find myself saying all the time is the story should determine the format and not the other way around, which again is so intrinsic to us, as, you know, coming from the journalism world. But so many brands come to me and they're like, I need to do six videos. Um, and who can I do them with? And I need to get 100,000 views. And it's like, it, we need to start with the, what's in the video because that's going to determine who you share it out to, what platforms you use, what, you know, which publisher you should partner with. So a lot of it comes back to what is your area of authority? Was it, what is it that you as a company or a brand or an individual have the authority to speak about? Like you were saying earlier, right? With native and podcasts, like yeah. what's in our sphere? It's, right. you know, your products and services. It's how they impact your customers' lives and it's how they, you make them feel. Those are really like the core areas that you have the authority to speak about. So once you narrow in on that, then you can figure out, well, if we're telling a story about what your product does, we probably want something visual to walk people through it. Right. That would be an infographic or right. a slideshow or a video, you know. So if you have that core of like, what is the story you are capable to, to tell, then, you know, that's a good place yeah. to start. I think we a lot, talk a lot about strategy. We talk a lot about technique and technology and all this stuff. Yeah. All this is in service of our careers, right? Mm -hmm. We're doing this to draw meaning in our sure. lives and, and have a fulfilling <laughs> career. You know, it's like, let's get all starry-eyed for a moment but that's why we do work right yeah and the profits and the anything we're going for that 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 the business wants it's so we can continue to have a meaningful career mm -hmm. or life uh so i want to ask you an incredibly crucial question about your career as a speaker what's your walk-up song <laughs> oh my gosh so there is um there is a song called wonder woman by this band lion babe it's like a really heavy bass. And I actually listen to it before I speak most times. They don't ever play it out, but that's like my, it's just about like being a woman, you're ready to go, you can do anything. It's like a very empowering song. I love that. Um, or Sia, Greatest. Oh, nice. Either one. Mine is uh, Young Blood by The Naked and Famous. It's a great, like it's a very it's millennial song. Yeah. yeah, but it's kind of like, you know, the, the possibility of it all gets you really excited <laughs> and you're young and hungry. And, yeah. Yeah. So those it's are a, crucial moments in your career as a speaker. It's very Finding important. that walk-up song. It's very important. Yeah. So I'm wondering also, so is your, um, the way that you approach your storytelling, I, I feel like your, um, your journalism background is obvious. We've talked about that, but I know that you came from the startup world and I always think it's so interesting. Those like random bits that you learn from an unexpected industry, right. unexpected experience. Right. 
does that startup experience play into the stuff that you're doing, either speaking from figuring out a business model from when you were in VC? Yeah. You know, how does that how does that thread tie in to where you are now? Oh, my God. I mean, so many ways. Some I can articulate. Some it's just like the messiness of being a human and you just suck up things <laughs> in your life and somehow it affects your work that you can't articulate. But yeah. I think there's two concrete ways that being from the startup world actually affects my work and everything. One is when you're a startup, you have no money, no team, no capital, no product in the market sometimes. All you have is your why, right? Mm -hmm. The problem we're going to solve is that, right? And it's because you feel passionately about it, but you also are serving others, your, your customers. Mm -hmm. So it's the, it's the understanding of the North Star and the mission. And then the second thing is just this willingness to test, the willingness to assume you don't know. Even if someone else says, do it this way, mm -hmm. test it. Like everything about building something should be testing first to learn and iterate quickly to then scale. And we live in this marketing world where it's always been built on the madman idea or the mass media of like the idea and it's fully <laughs> baked and we're going to build it for six months and then launch it and people will love it. No, you have to involve the customer in your process. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so final question for you. Sure. Uh, if you could speak to one company in the world and you think they're going to really love what you had to say and they want to work with you, what would it be? So like my, my dream client, your dream partner. Yeah. You know, I would really love to work with, uh, with like Starbucks. I think they have some great social good initiatives that I'd love to be aligned with. Um, I just love their brand and it's, you know, a brand I've had a long-term relationship with. Um, but I also, I was tempted to say a really difficult brand. Like I think the most fun for me is when someone can walk into a conversation and I know without a doubt that they don't believe they can make content. Not only they know they can't make content, <laughs> they have no story to tell, right? It's insurance or finance or, you know, something very technical. They're like, we make, you know, wind turbines, you know, and, and you see someone like GE and it's just such a, an example that, that everyone has a story to tell. And so my favorite thing is when someone can walk into that meeting with that attitude and leave feeling inspired. So maybe if I was given the opportunity, I might pick something really difficult and see it as a challenge. <laughs> That's awesome. I think mine yeah. would just be like a, soda or candy or beer company because I work alone Freebies. in my office. Can you please stock my fridge, please? please <laughs> That's help, always help a nice perk out. too. Yeah. yeah. I think we're out of time, but this is super fun. This is definitely so fun. Let's, I think we should have a high five. Rematch. Should we high five? Yeah. Is that how we let's do it. All right, let's do it. Free spray. Get to Old Navy today for a huge 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Get a jump on those New Year's resolutions with hoodies, leggings, and more. All 50% off today only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1228 excludes in-store clearance. Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. <sighs> Aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking... I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price 999.99. 0% APR while supplies last.